I was living life like a god, snorting cocaine, girls, guns, everything I ever wanted, but it was so empty. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. And you know, the life where everything is fast, drugs, girls, sex, everything you would ever want, life when you walk around like you're a God and everyone knows it, this is what we've been talking about. And in this life, if that's what we really want, well, in our last show, we had Drew Anderson tell us how he lived life in the fast lane, doing what all the famous movie stars say to live. He talked about his addiction to cocaine, and it made him feel invincible. He got into fights often, and he felt like he was unstoppable. He was doing things to the point where he got in as a bank employee and embezzled about $100,000 and then put in his two weeks and quit. And unfortunately, he did get caught, and that was a shocker. But even in the moment when he was caught, he was high on cocaine, and he was like, even this is not going to stop me. So you're going to hear more about what happened in his life. Drew, welcome to the show. Glad to be back on. Appreciate you having me. Drew, it's super awesome to talk to you today. And let's pick up where we last left off. So you're into the drugs, you're into the fast life, but then you want to go big and you decide to rob the bank that you're working for. Talk a little bit about what happened after you got arrested. Well, I really thought that I was going to, you know, see a long time in jail. You know, this isn't a story where I went to jail and my life U-turned, you know what I'm saying? Right. It was a situation where I went, I spent some time there, I did everything I could to get out a little bit earlier, got out earlier, seen some things, you know, went through some stuff. Wow. But when I got out of jail, man, I was still the same person. I was literally learning about how to be a better version of the crappy person I was before I got arrested while I was in jail. It just made me a better version of a bad person. Oh, no. Okay. So, you know, after you go to jail, it didn't stop you. So what happened after you got out of jail? Oh, man, I went right back to it. (laughs) Right back to it, man. And, you know, like I wasn't like a bad person. You know what I'm saying? I had a good heart. I've always had a good heart. Mm. But I always made bad choices, bad decisions without remorse, without conviction, Mm. without any sort of reservation or maybe I shouldn't do that. There was never a little Drew sitting on my shoulder saying you shouldn't do that. I just (laughs) I had no conscience, man. I would do what I wanted to do because I wanted to do it. Wow. And that's really it, man. Yeah. So you're living the party life, all the money, the girls, the sex, anything you wanted. It wasn't denied. So how were you truly feeling on the inside as this was all happening? Like you're getting what you want. You think you'd be happy, right? But what are you feeling? Yeah, You know, like I would say in the moment, you feel real good about it. You know, you got all the support, but I would say in those moments of self-reflection, those moments when you're alone, you're really empty, man. You don't have anything, anybody. And if you remove the one piece or the couple of pieces that you have that everything wants, man, they go away. And so there was really more of a situation where people were around because of what I had, not because of who I was. Wow. So you're starting to realize that. You're like, wait a minute, who I am is all this stuff that's around me, like your value. Yeah. You know, like there gets a point where I think everybody is like, all right, but what if I didn't have this? Mm. You know, what if I didn't have money? What if I didn't have drugs? What if I didn't have popularity? What if I didn't have something you needed? Would you still be around? And the answer was usually no. 
Wow. And so you start to look for things that are more permanent. Right. Now, even though you felt that way, you had such an identity of being the guy who was invincible, which led to another incident that took you to the hospital. And specifically, I'm talking about a time where someone was breaking into your house. Tell us what happened. Yeah, you know, I got a good job. I was put up in an apartment, pretty nice, but in not a great area. Yeah. And one night, I woke up in the middle of the night, there was somebody in my living room. And so I was like, okay, still with that invincible mentality, I went after him. Oh, was able to geez. push the first person out of the way. That was easy, but there was three people with him. Oh, no. And that second person stood up from behind a couch, man, and he had a gun. Dang. And the last noise that I remember on is that gun going off. Oh, my gosh. Took a forty-five caliber handgun bullet, man, from about six, seven feet away. Forty-five caliber? Yep, through the right cheek. Are you serious? You should be dead. Should be. Was pronounced dead on the scene, too. Oh, my gosh. Put in a body bag. Parents were called to identify my body. Crazy story, man, is that I actually woke up before they could identify my body on the identity table, man. So my parents were there. They were getting ready to roll that curtain back, man, and I woke up in the bag. Oh, my gosh gosh in pain nah <laughs> I, I went into what's called breakthrough seizures man i went into breakthrough seizures and kind of like stabilized and they moved me up to intensive care i don't remember any of it oh my gosh so obviously you're so messed up that you couldn't feel you know at this point so you get hit and you're at a point where you're supposed to be dead you wake up right because honestly, I think a lot of young people, they get into this moment, especially with, you know, drug influence, they feel like they're invincible. In this moment, when you wake up, did it make you reflect a little bit like, okay, maybe I'm not invincible? Or were you like, yeah, I'm invincible still, like I'm back? Yeah. Not really like, I'm back. More like, look what I did. Like, I can't, <laughs> okay. I can't be taken out. I can't be destroyed. That kind of mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. When you go through stuff like that, man, your ego is what gets fed. Yeah, that's true. Wow. So like you're even more like on top feeling like you're invincible, more like, again, feeling not like just a natural human or a fragile human. You're feeling like a very empowered, almost godlike state here at this point. Oh, yeah. I just got shot in the head, pronounced dead, woke up in a body bag. Oh, yeah. I'm a superhero, <laughs> man. Wow. Now, let me ask you, I understand that you got into a recovery and you took all the credit for it. You didn't give any credit to the doctors. You didn't give it to God, only to yourself. Did this slow you down at this point after almost dying? Nah. I mean, I'm deaf in my right ear. I have what's called herbs palsy on the right side of my face because the bullet severed my facial reactive nerve. Oh. But ultimately, man, I've never been a guy to slow down. And so definitely didn't take me out. Wow. Now, tell me a little bit about the recovery, though, like as you're going through it. I mean, recovery wasn't fun. I mean, you have to learn how to hear out of one side of your head. You're used to hearing out of both sides. I was an athlete, so mm. I don't have directional hearing. Everything sounds like it's on the left side of my body. You have to kind of recalibrate. I'm a lifelong diagnosed epileptic, so seizures are mm. a thing. You got to be more sensitive with computer screens and blue light. So there was a lot of adjustments. Right. You know, there's a ton of adjustments to make, but ultimately those adjustments, you make them, you make those adjustments because you trade the adjustments for your life. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it sucks that I can't hear. It sucks that I can't, you know, do certain things, but I'm alive. Right. Now tell me, Drew, how does someone get to the point where instead of being like, hey, thank you so much, doctors, you saved my life or thank you, God. How were you at this point where you were like, no, this is me, like I'm big and bad. How does someone get to that point? Looking back now, Drew, kind of analyze this for me. 
Yeah, so I think somebody gets to that point when they grow up and they have no support, they have a broken identity, they have identity crisis where they don't really know who they are, they don't know where their strength comes from, they don't know who their identity should be rooted in, so they kind of create their own custom identity. Mm -hmm. And when you identify who to draw from, when you start to draw your foundation from the things of the world, when you draw your foundation from what you see and what you crave and what you want, you always end up taking the easiest route. And so when you take that easy route, you always find kind of the lower tier options, the lower tier results. And I believe when I look back, man, I just married my life after horrible examples, horrible search results. Mm. And I married it. I did it well. I was excellent at it. And so as you feed yourself that kind of pride, as you feed yourself that level of untouchable invincibility, mm-hmm. when you feed yourself that level of empowerment, And I mean, the world is literally at the palm of your hands and that's how you live. That's how you Mm. walk. That's how you react and respond to all things. Wow. Now, brother, I understand there's another moment that happened that tested this theory again. So Drew, I want to have you on our next show to talk about how you had a moment that literally brought you to your knees and how God picked you up from there. So brother, thanks so much again for coming on the show and sharing about your past. Hey, you got it on. This has been a great time, man. Can't wait till the next one. Awesome. Hold tight. I'll be back right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right, and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to awakeningthenations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it is crazy how Drew believed that he was so invincible that it was his entire mantra to life. And this is what led him to believe that nothing could stop him almost as if he believed he could never die or never be stopped. Honestly, we see some movies where the main character is usually thinking in this way, and it's usually applauded as being brave and reckless, and that is something to be admired. But is it? Is this the true way to live life? To think that nothing could touch us and that we can do whatever we want? The simple answer is no. This is what the Bible calls sin. It is written in ancient scriptures in James 4, 13-16. It says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. As you're hearing from Scripture, We don't know what could happen tomorrow. It doesn't mean to live in fear, but rather to live in wisdom, knowing the reality of life. That there are limits. 
You see, Drew had a plan to do this and do that to make certain profits through dishonest gain. And he had a plan. And that plan landed him in the hospital. Truthfully, we aren't called to live lives like that. We're called to submit to the creator of the universe and to ask him what we're to do with our lives. Then we will have that meaning. Because ultimately, God does care for us. He cares for you. And He wants what's best for you. If you give your life to Him, it is written in Psalms 23, 1-3, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. According to this, Jesus is the shepherd of your soul. And if you surrender to Him, He will have nothing but green pastures for you, which represents what? Provision. And also the still waters that it mentions in the verse there, it represents peace. That is something that many people don't have. How about you, my friend? Have you surrendered your life to His will, to the Lord, your Creator, to have peace? If you haven't, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you and we ask you, Lord God, for this wisdom. Instead of saying, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, instead we can say, Lord, we submit to you. We want to do what you want us to do for our lives. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. Hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.